and welcome to another episode of All That Film. Welcome to another review for All That, or not review, welcome to another episode for All That Film. Uh, today we're doing a sort of backlog of a bunch of reviews um, from all the way, one all the way from uh, August, but most of these are uh, October releases. Uh, we'll get right into it. We have The Trial of Chicago 7, The Witches, Borat, sub subsequent sequel movie film, uh, Hubie Halloween, uh, Kajillionaire, The Devil All the Time, and Over the Moon, in that order. Uh, and I'm joined with Todd, Lindsay, and a fellow YouTuber, uh, Spivey. Hello. Also, you can just call me Spy. That's what most people say it as. It's quicker, okay, it's easier, good. it rolls off the tongue. I respond <laughs> to it. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah, check out some of the fun stuff uh, on on her channel. I, I really like the awards uh, video. I'm not gonna lie, I, I thought I thought the video like I was like, oh, where is this gonna go? And then as soon as you were like, oh, where was if Beale Street could talk? I was like, yes, yes, yeah, Beale Street lover. Yeah. But uh, we'll get right into it with uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, Todd, I'll actually let you go first on this, just sharing some general thoughts on, on what you thought about this. Obviously, the Aaron Sorkin film with a who's who of cast, but Todd, you're, mm -hmm. you're the lowest, I believe. Uh, what did you think? Lowest, you mean? In oh, yeah. Um, in terms of the career, I'm, not all I'm very, I'm very lukewarm on this film. Uh, for me, I was kind of looking forward to it, or at least interested in the idea of it, but to me, it's just very blah and okay. For me, a couple things stood out as being um, just not my cup of tea. I tend to have a problem with historical films a lot of the times because I feel like they they miss certain context. It's something that's a you know a bias of mine, I guess. Uh, and like when they switch around little things, that bothers me. Uh, so it, I tend to bring those biases into these films. I'll admit, but. Overall, it just lacked a certain amount of passion for me. It had the Aaron Sorkin dialogue that I think it still kind of fits and has all these dramatic speeches. But for me, where it fell was kind of like the direction and execution. It just felt very TV showy to me. Uh, so for me, uh, in the end, it just was a, a movie that was just a typical kind of run of the mill historical recreation sort of film. The standout for me though was probably Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, I did actually really like him as Abby Hoffman and it makes me want to see him in other stuff. Uh, and I did think the end was kind of all right. So, uh, but yeah, for me, I was, for me, I was pretty lukewarm though. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people, um, I'm not gonna lie, so I, I love this film. Um, so I, I semi disagree with Todd, um, but you know, a lot of it's opinionated. And part of it is that, um, I, I will admit, uh, I didn't have any historical context in this. Uh, I was actually listening to another podcast because the hosts on that uh, are all uh, as well from the same state as me in the South. Um, and they all said, because they're much older than me, so I was like, oh, well, maybe they taught it like to the – maybe like it was just my – everyone that I've talked to has not been taught this story – and I don't know if that's a South school thing or like if it's taught in the North or what. Um, but this feels like a pretty significant story that should at least, I don't know, even if you, even if people are like, oh, one paragraph would be like, just put it in there to, but I, I say that just to say like, 
This whole concept is very interesting, and I get what Todd is saying, where it's like, well, if you know the beats and everything going in, um, and you understand like where the story's sort of navigating, um, then it's not going to feel as fresh, one, and then all of those changes, which I did look up afterwards, and, and there are some that um, I, I do disagree with people because they're like, well, why did they, why did they change uh, the historical context of this? And I think cinematically, and there's an argument for this um, for sure, but I think cinematically Aaron Sorkin deliberately changed some of those things to make it have a greater feel in certain moments. Um, mm -hmm. And there's specifically one in the trial scene uh, where they change the, they change around the dates of something and I'm not going to say anything more of that, but I think it works in this film because it needs a powerful moment like that. And one of the things that like I have disagreed with most people, uh, a lot of people walked away from this thinking Sorkin is a not mediocre director, I'll say, but they think he's an okay director. And this mm -hmm. isn't a film. I feel like if Danny Boyle directed this, it would still be the same. A couple of people were throwing out Danny Boyle and they were like, oh, well, Danny Boyle did did uh, Steve Jobs and like that was, and may, I don't know, maybe there's more directing, but I think part of this is that most of the Sorkin films, whether it be Social Network, whether it be Moneyball, whether all of those, like I will admit they do have more of a cinematic quality to that. And I, I do kind of wonder if maybe like they were still supposed to be working on a little bit more editing and they wanted to get this movie out because Netflix bought it and everything. And, Maybe there was something rushed in that department, but other than that, I think it looks cinematic. And and people were throwing out a oh god, what's the Jack Nich Nicholson Tom? Cr a few good men. People were throwing out a few good men as oh well, that's well directed. And I think like these are on par for being directed the same as like a legal drama at oh, least. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if because I'm not even that high on a few good men, but I, I love courtroom dramas for the most part. I love a cast of characters that all sort of have um, different, different things they're going for different ideas that they're, they're sticking to uh, and then sort of combining those all together. And this movie really like fully, fully realizes that that concept. And I think that's why I walked away really loving it. Cause even though it has that Sorkin dialogue, there were moments of uh, emotional bits that I think, aren't necessarily there in other things like the social network. There's, there's some scenes in Moneyball, uh, but it wasn't very clear in Molly's game. Molly's game is a, it's a, it can be emotional at times, but I don't know. Molly's game is a roller coaster of emotions. And I, I thought this balanced things way better, but um, I'm rambling. So I'll let Lindsay go. Cause she is, uh, if I'm Todd is lukewarm and I am, uh, steaming hot, then Lindsay is just right. She's a Goldilocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Am I? I think I'm. I think I'm pretty cold. Actually, I didn't like. <laughs> oh. It was always going to be an uphill battle for me because I just don't like courtroom dramas that much. Um, but then you throw in like Eddie Redmayne and I was just like, I don't care what's happening on my screen. Um, I, honestly, 
honestly I'm, like i call these wikipedia movies you know where it's like you could read the wikipedia article and get the same out of it that you would watching the movie except we also watched this right after watching the witches so i was like i went from masterpiece to this and <laughs> can i throw out one question to you and todd real quick i don't mm-hmm. know honestly I just what were y'all's thoughts on like it's fine spotlight you, like, in comparison because i movie and like i i think like, spotlight yeah. is a better movie but i yeah. thought spotlight was fine okay i didn't like spotlight that much I think Spotlight's like in a similar group, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I really love Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight's fine. So. Like, it's not that I don't like Spotlight. But I think right. Spotlight I would never feels more cinematic it, you know? a lot of times than some of the transitions. I don't. I, it's just a better made movie, Definitely. and that's what kind of makes the difference. That that was just yeah, that's totally. just my take. Yep. Can, can I throw out? Uh, there's there's just one other thing before we get to Spy. Um, Todd, did you know this was going to be directed by Spielberg at one point? I did um, not. I did not. I did not. Yeah, that's fun little that is bit it. of trivia. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, it was supposed to because apparently they started like they started development in like 2007, um, and Sorkin wasn't Sorkin. Like obviously he was a very well established established writer, but he hadn't done Social Network. He hadn't done Moneyball. He hadn't done. Uh, Steve Jobs. So I, I don't know. It's just really interesting because. Part of me like looks at that and it's like, oh, well, if there's a scene in the post, um, a Spielberg movie, uh, where it has like snappy dialogue and it's the only bit that's like kind of fun and the rest of that movie is so boring, um, unfortunately. <laughs> and I just think like, I don't know, it would be cool to see, see that pair in the future. But uh, Spy, what did you think uh, on this film? Um, mm-hmm. overall I'm lukewarm with it but I agree with a lot of what Todd said um, about it I, I describe this as a, a serious um, film taking a look at one of the most high profile cases in recent American history and a Hallmark courtroom TV movie had a baby and the baby <laughs> is okay like, um, like in terms of personal enjoyment, I was like, I was just engaged by it. I, I was able to like watch the whole thing and be interested in what was happening. But I found the directing in particular very uninspired. Like just thinking about um, the court, like every scene in the courtroom just kind of had a bunch of like eye level shots. Some of them were close ups, but there was nothing like creative or innovative happening in the way any of it was shot. It was competent, like it worked for what it was trying to do. But um, it kind of just felt like, you know, you were shooting a courtroom drama and that's exactly what it was. But it um, it just didn't really do anything for me. And um, another thing was, like, I don't like the ending of the film. I think that just kind of solidifies the Hallmark movie cheesiness <laughs> of it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, cool. We're going to get, oh, okay, we're going to do the freeze frame and the, the text explaining where they all were in 20 years. Got it. Um <laughs> I think if, if you hate the ending, that is fully bad. Like, that's why I was surprised Todd was like, I actually am fine with the ending. I was like, I completely understand. Because it's so cheesy. Let me, yeah, let it me. It really is. Yeah. To clarify, I don't mean I, I meant I don't mean the ending ending. I meant generally speaking, the third act was a part that I liked better. Oh, okay. But yes. So oh, I agree with you. 
Yes. <laughs> my, my bad. Yeah, the ending didn't do itself any favors for making people feel kind of like this was a man movie in terms of like um, how it handled the case. Yeah. Sure. Because um, another thing is this movie kind of made me feel good at the end of the movie, and I don't think this was a situation where you're supposed to feel good about right. the shit that was happening in the film. Um, I really like Sasha Baron Cohen in it. Like, he was really good in it. And, um, yeah, I thought that the characters and the the performances by the actors were there enough that that's more what I was invested in um, for the entire, you know, length of the film. But the actual trial itself was just very meh. It was just very something that was, um... I feel like the trial almost should have been kind of like a backdrop to the actual, like, protests and what actually happened. Um, leading up to it, why these people did what they did, um, really showing like um, what happened with the police, all that kind of shit. In the um, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. All that stuff, and then the um, and then the trial is just kind of like this thing that they cut to occasionally to show how the story got twisted in the court system. You know that type sure. of thing. Yeah, it kind of um, feels like an afterthought in the grand scheme of like everything that's going on. I, I do kind of wonder that because they kind of did that thing with Thomas Hayden at the very start where. It's almost like he's having PTSD and you're like, oh, well, clearly like they're going to show like a big thing that sort of happened. And then when they do show a flashback, it's kind of brief. Um, like, yeah, because it's going back and forth and there's like a really good debate with him and Mark Rylance. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, this is the important part of the movie, like the actual yeah. inciting yeah. event. And they I think Sorkin, you're right. Sorkin happened. was more... Uh, interested in the legal trauma aspect of he, it. And, yeah, he was, and that didn't, I don't think that did itself favors in this case. If this movie had, like, really focused on the actual events leading up to the trial, and the trial was just sort of there to show how much it gets twisted um, after the fact, I think that would have been way yeah. better. For sure, yeah. I, I think, honestly, go for it, Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. The Killed himself in 1989. Yeah, yeah I was like, like the ending yeah, was, was yeah. Like whiplash too because it was yeah, like, it wasn't the... triumphant. Yay, happy ending, and then like the white tie popped up, and it's like, and then he killed himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like it's, like this movie has its moments, like the scene where they take um Bobby Seal like back into the room okay, and they bound and gag him, him and then they bring him back out. Like, that was really good. <laughs> Um, well, that, like a, I was, that type of stuff was really good, but um, yeah. throw out that actor in general. I I'm not gonna lie, I was completely wrong about Yaya Abdul Mateen because he was in Aquaman, and I was like, he's goofy. But in fairness, a lot of people are bad, and like Willem Dafoe is not great in Aquaman. Everyone, everyone is bad in Aquaman. That's not an argument. Um, but yeah, no, he he really impressed me with his role. Honestly, if oh yeah, I agree. If someone watching this wants to make a Bo a Bobby Seal biopic, I would I would be very pro that because I think the dude kills it uh, in this role. And I was just gonna throw out he's about to be in Mad Max, uh, <laughs> Aquaman two, yeah, uh, <laughs> The Matrix, <laughs> and Candyman coming up. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like this is gonna be yeah. I'd like to. Uh, I'm really interested. Yeah, he was really good too. Um, 
him and Sasha Barco were probably the two best, in my opinion, in the movie. Those, those were the like, two. The fl- I, I was going to throw out, um, I mean, uh, Frank Langella, just because he is so <laughs> despicable. Like, and I feel like, I feel like there's a couple people that like can be that villainous. Um, but the one thing I will throw out, there's a lot of <laughs> the thing y'all are talking about of, oh, we're heroes at the end of the more uh, at the end of the movie. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the way they handle his character at the end, uh, just not only the fact it's inaccurate, just the fact like the way they did it where he's like, I'm a good guy. And like, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell if it's because the movie yeah. makes you think it's like, oh, well, he's on the side of justice as well. And it's like, no, but that that guy's bad. Like, <laughs> right. Honestly, if you had done that entire movie just from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, that could have been interesting because he starts very conflicted about the whole thing and sort of seeing that trial from the perspective of somebody whose job it is to put these people away. Um, I don't know how historically accurate that this would be. I do wish they had developed his character a little bit more anyways, but um, because he kind of just got to be an afterthought. Like at the end, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a decent dude. I'm going to stand up for the for the dead you know but he um, only gets one scene with sasha baron cohen and yeah and, uh, Jeremy Truck. and even that like like what you're saying is perfect where like at the same time like this is already like a two hour long movie and all the stuff we're throwing out i'm not gonna lie i think there could be like a transcendent mini series in this um yeah this it, feels it, like it, something you know, that could be a good mini series but a very yeah. Um, condensed, like you'd have to condense it a lot for a movie, which is what I think happened. Yeah, that's why I think, because I think Sorkin was like, okay, well, what do I do well? Courtroom dramas. And then he's like, all right, we're only going to stick to the courtroom. But yeah, no, I, I definitely get gripes and stuff. Uh, but we'll, uh, I mean, actually, I'll throw out real quick. Uh, Todd, what do you, what are your thoughts on this for, for winning best picture? Do you think it has a chance or no? I think it has a chance to get nominated. I would be shocked if it won Best Picture, though. I agree. Um, it also depends yeah. on what's coming out later. Because so far, this is one of the better things that I've seen in terms of like bigger name movies to be released. Um, oh. I think there have been yes. better stuff to come out, but you know, the Academy doesn't always like find the good stuff. This is one of the more high-profile ones that have come out that's gotten a lot of buzz. So I think the Academy's going to eat it up, personally. Don't think yeah, they're actually going to have it win. We get Mank and Nomadland next month. Um, That's true. So those should maybe do something. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone said that it was coming to Netflix. Yeah. Oh, we're, I don't know. Maybe they, they, they misspoke because <laughs> I thought it was. I'm not looking forward to watching like that. HBO. I'm, <laughs> I hope that's not the best picture winner, but yeah, no, I, I, Todd, I'm, I'm similar with you. Um, I would be surprised if this won, but I think it'll, I think because it's on Netflix now, it'll be like the month favorite to win best picture or whatever, just because it has buzz right now. Yeah. But Lindsay told me this, that Nomadland already, it won a uh, popular vote. So. Yeah. Nomadland, I'm looking forward to that one seems really good. Um, just, I still that's... think, I mean, Frances McDormand did win Best Actress, but Chloe Zhao, like, 
Mm-hmm. I just don't think like she has enough like name recognition. Who's the who's the studio like behind that? Yeah. Uh, good question. I can look real quick. Okay, because that ultimately like who's pushing it? Because like if Nomadland were a twenty four, I would immediately be like, nope, no chance at winning Best Picture, um, because they're gonna split up their nominees and nominate a uh, first cow for Best Picture as well as all their other movies. And Lindsay, I. I know. Oh, Searchlight? I think they've won a Best Picture recently, but we'll we'll talk about a, another uh, awards contender. Um, it's Searchlight. What Lindsay is, is calling the uh, <laughs> yeah. Best Picture lock of the decade uh, in Witches. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-huh. Actually, I would be so Cats is a religious experience. Best picture with the witches yeah, or something like Cats. You know what I mean? Uh, I we we got a little bit of, a, of an the argument and here so because hard to Todd and Lindsay, one thinks it's a bad dumpster fire, <laughs> and then the other uh, thinks it's a masterpiece. Lindsay, I'll let you go first. Uh, you are on the side of good. <laughs> Todd, are you shuffling your notes? Well, I just think that sometimes... I, just think I think sometimes Todd's shuffling his notes to eviscerate you. And you're like, wow, that's a dumpster on fire. I love, I love that dumpster on fire. <laughs> I mean, Octavia Spencer talks to... CGI mice the entire time, and you can tell that she had no idea where to look, and that's really funny to me because she's not, she's trying her best, and it was great. And the little CGI mice, they were terrifying, but not nearly as terrifying as Russian bald, forked tongue, and Hathaway with chicken talons. And then she turns, into, oh, I, I guess I will. I will now, Lindsay. Real quick before we let mean old man Todd talk about this movie. (laughs) Would you consider uh, Chris Rock's chances of winning uh, Best Supporting Actor for his role as Older Hero Mouse? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I forgot he was in just his voice, but um, nice. uh, he did solidly. But I think Anne Hathaway carried this movie on her rat back. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she carried it. <laughs> I had so much fun with this movie. It was a blast. Every time they, because you know, like they did like humans to animals transformation. And I've seen that in many movies because I've seen so many werewolf movies. And for some reason, this was more horrifying so it's, than it's anything like else. It's like an anamorph movie? Oh my God. Like seeing a little girl turn into a chicken will haunt my dreams for the Same rest quality of, my life. of CGI too, I presume. It's <laughs> the cover on animals. Yes. yes. I thought you get, you get your time it's like the now. Cover of animals, but in 
<laughs> so I also agree that dumpster fires can be fun. Exactly. I just think this is a dumpster fire exactly. that was very unfun because for me, those things you've said are, are, are true. Those are some of the best moments, but watching Octavia Spencer talk to mice, uh, CGI mice is fun for me for like a minute, but you get an hour and 10 minutes of it. And it's <laughs> like uh, seeing uh, uh, Anne Hathaway with uh, her mouth exploding and her uh, bald heads talking in weird voices is kind of funny, but I like, I, I, you can just look at the memes or the gifs online. Uh, you don't need to, to watch this because you see a lot of it. And for me, it was, it was, I have to be honest, it was just a horrible experience. I hated this movie <laughs> so much. <laughs> but the scene of the like room of witches, and she's like, "Remove your wig." Yeah. And then everyone takes off their wigs, and it's just a bald room. I was like, "Cinema." <laughs> we also watched <laughs> we watched Rebecca and then we watched this so I was like wow this is a major improvement um, and then we went to the trial of the Chicago so 7 and I was like well back down to nothing <laughs> someone was ranking Robert Zemeckis movies <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay would you put this above Back to the Future <laughs> Or the second, or the third. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right, there we go. Above the first Back to the Future. God, where is this on Zemeckis's filmography? Uh, do okay, you have I would rank it Forrest Gump above, above the, first the witches? Back to the Future, but below the second. Back to the I Future. dislike Forrest Gump, and I have Forrest Gump <laughs> above the witches. That's that's. <laughs> I like Forrest Gump, and I won't. <laughs> There's been a recent wave of slander. Um, I think Robert, Robert Zemeckis. The Witches is better than Forrest. His Gump. best movie is <laughs> his best movie is that movie they show in the middle of. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. So if you see, <laughs> if you my yeah, he's having a great year. My personal favorite is Uncanny Valley Nightmare, The Polar Express. Oh That's got to be a oh, top for me. He's having a great year. So many memories of uh, Pajama Day in elementary school where we drank hot chocolate and watched Polar Express for some reason. We had to go, on, uh, here, we had to go ride one. the train. <laughs> Not the Polar Express train, but we had, forget which Just one it was. Train. Yeah, we just had to go on a train yeah, and then we drink the hot cocoa. And I was like, it's not the same. <laughs> Polar Express. I remember one time in like second grade, um, a fire alarm went off. So we were all in our pajamas and it was freezing cold because it was winter. We had to stand outside <laughs> for like an hour. We had, I, you're, you're bringing this up and it brought a memory to me. And I'm sure anybody listening to a witch's uh, review, I'm very sorry uh, that we're here right now. <laughs> But um, we we did have pajama day, and I remember distinctly. So we we had a school that was kindergarten to sixth grade, mm -hmm. and 
I think anybody reasonable, like depending on what type of pajamas, you can wear pajamas until like fourth or fifth grade, and then you wear like normal or pajamas, if that makes sense. There was a guy that wore a red onesie um, all the way up until sixth grade, like until we didn't man, have pajama day. <laughs> that man is a legend. Are you kidding me? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah. I hope, I hope I'm the only one wearing pajamas. I'll assert yeah, dominance over Lin everyone else. I never. Lindsay, that happened to me on Pilgrim Day at school. <laughs> In like the fourth grade, I was the only kid who dressed up as that, a pilgrim. That actually did. One time, there was like book character day at my school, no, and I was like one of the only weird. people to show up dressed up as like a book character. And I, yeah, and I, I think, you know, if I really go back in my psyche, I think I stopped reading around then because it was that traumatic of an experience. <laughs> Books are bad now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, to this day, to this day, I hate pilgrims. So I get it. Oh, that's fair. You know, you, you were woke before <laughs> the rest of the world. <laughs> um, but. No, I was just going to mention, since we're on a completely different tangent, um, in third, I forget if it was second or third grade, but we had to do a dress up as historical oh figures God. day, and they had all these names in a hat. Um, and the thing uh -oh. was, I, yep, I, I got uh, <laughs> Frederick Douglass, uh, and for those that oh, okay. don't know, uh, Frederick Douglass is a black man, and I am not. Um, and I remember, like, like oh i don't know who this is but i'll look it up and my teacher was like oh no oh, do you want like another car like obviously knowing and i was like no no no. i thought she meant like this would be like a weird obscure historical figure and i couldn't pull it off and i was like i have the acting chops <laughs> and then i went back to home and i realized oh this is the case now and i remember my family was like hey little nine-year-old why is the school trying to make you do blackface? Don't do that. <laughs> um, and the problem was uh, because my family is responsible. Uh, everybody walked up to my booth and said, are you Abraham Lincoln? Because I guess I look like Abraham Lincoln because I'm tall and white. And I was like, nope. Civil rights. Like I name all these facts and they're like, are you sure you're not Abraham? And I'd be like, I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. funny. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, another film. I think Lindsay, you haven't seen this one. Um, it is Borat subsequent movie film, or uh, this this has a Birds of Prey esque title uh, with Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bride to American re regiment uh, for benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Um, so yeah, yeah, similar to the original Borat, and obviously it's been. I think Borat came out in like. 2007, I want to say. Um, 2006. Oh, well, the first ones, I, I regard mm -hmm. the first one as like um, a masterpiece because I, I didn't even watch that. I obviously wasn't mm -hmm. old enough to watch. Yeah, it was 2006. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I watched it probably like four or five years ago, and I just remember laughing my butt off the entire time. So I was, I was really excited for this, but... One of the things, Todd, I'll go ahead and share some thoughts first. One of the things that did key me into, hey, maybe don't be too excited about this, is the whole 
wear mask save live like campaign that I was doing um, because mm. obviously uh, I'm a known anti-mask. No, um, it's, it's <laughs> mostly because that felt like a very topical joke. Whereas Borat, like a lot of those jokes still land because uh, racist white people in the South are still racist white people in the South. Unfortunately, sure. I guess as, as, but a lot of those jokes that he makes are, are situational humor and it's not modern day times. And I don't know if they made this movie cause they were like, Oh, well it's an election year. Um, and we have this whole coronavirus thing we can kind of play on. Uh, but it did feel rushed to me in that regard. And mm -hmm. I, I actually couldn't remember this. Todd was the daughter in the first movie. No. Okay. That's, that's what I thought too. Um, she, she's interesting, I guess. Like it's, it's a different sure. dynamic, but there's, there's a lot that this movie goes for that I wasn't necessarily as for, uh, as compared to the first film. And I, mm -hmm. I, I still wound up liking some of the jokes. It's still, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen has not lost his edge as Borat, if that makes sense. Right. And he's willing to do crazy things. Now, now I do wonder, because <laughs> Borat was an, a huge sensation. Who doesn't know who this guy is at this point? Like, uh, right? There's... You'd be surprised, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people don't, but I think that's why. And I think that's why they needed the daughter too, right? It was because uh, the daughter gave them access to things um, that that they weren't able to do otherwise. But I, I do understand your point there. Did you want me to talk, or are you ready to go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just overall, I'll just. Uh, go with overall. Uh, I thought it was uh, fun uh, for the most part, but it, it's a letdown if you're expecting a sequel to Bo Red just straight up. But what, yeah, what did you think, Todd? Well, yeah, I rewatched the first one. I hadn't seen it since the theater, believe it or not. So uh, I rewatched wow. the first one and I, I really liked it and I found it uh, enjoyable. And you're right that a lot of the messages stay. I'd say about 70%, 80% of that film still feels good you know like it's still funny it works it's really it, it it's impressive this one should have I, somebody said in the chat room isn't that that uh this could have just been called the 2020 special and that would have made more sense because you're right I that it's i fully agree with that yeah it's more it's so much more specific it's so much more topical but along those lines, I did really enjoy it. Like, it's a film that even though I don't think it has the lasting impact, I did enjoy watching it in 2020. And it'll probably, for at least a couple more years, be kind of interesting to me to look back on. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not quite as, as artsy. The one thing I, I will say is... It's well. It's hard to talk about it without getting into spoilers, but there are some really surreal moments. Like, there's a... Um, you know, like a rally for people who don't believe in covid uh scene that really just it's just interesting it's the sort of thing that you could only really capture with this form of filmmaking and yeah. without getting too far into it rudolph giuliani comes very close to something very bad um and mm -hmm. it's the way they capture it it's just it's I mean, there are just these moments in these films that will still stick with me. So it, it almost reminds me, it's like 
a better version of something like the Jackass films, where there are these moments that hit you like no other cinema could hit you. So I really appreciate that about it. But yeah, it's not as artistic uh, and enduring as the original. To go off that, um, definitely like this is no Dirty Grandpa uh, type uh, second second wave of someone trying something, you know? Um, sure. But I, I really, whoever said that, I really like someone saying, oh yeah, this is more Borat the 2020 edition for sure. And I think if it were mm -hmm. called that, I think because this year is just so uh, big in a lot of like what's going on, um, it could work in that regard as like a little time yeah. capsule. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too much else to say. Um, if you like Borat, you'll, uh, you'll like this. Yeah, that I'll just say it. Sorry, I'll just say as somebody who like didn't see the movie, <laughs> but um, I think if you take a look at like the American political landscape of 2006 and then compare it to the American political landscape of 2019 and 2020 when they would have been making this, um, I think that might be where some differences will start to impact, you know, the overall final products of the film which might be why it feels a little bit more like Borat the 2020 special. Uh, feel free to tell me I'm wrong, because like I said, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But um, yeah, very no. different political climates in which both of these movies were made. So it doesn't kind of... It, it wouldn't surprise me knowing that that uh, the sequel is more specific, if that makes sense, and not as yeah, broad. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about it that I have for that. Uh, I think this is another one that uh, Lindsay and Spy have not seen in Hubie Halloween. Uh, Don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get to something I know. <laughs> we, we got Kajillionaire next. Then you guys can... Or Lindsay, yes. did you see... It's a... I've oh, seen you have it. to. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Uh, but me and Todd have seen Hubie <laughs> Halloween. Todd, I'll let you go first because I, I got to go first I last time. And you get to talk yet. about really the Sandman. To. I do not, I just admit it, I don't understand the appeal of Adam Sandler. Uh, so I try, no. I know, <laughs> this is so unpopular amongst the people I talk to, uh, but I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't find him that funny, but I still watch them all to give him a chance and try. And I didn't think this was the worst of his films, but I did not find it very good there's it's just this kind of like weird character where he talks funny almost like he's got some sort of developmental disorder or so you know what i mean like in the way that his character is presented well, and kind, yeah i'd say this one is kind of odder than some of his other like character character like clicks and things that he does different uh accents he puts on um that sure. did stick out to me but go go ahead continue yeah and um i don't know it just it felt it, everything about it just felt like fine it just felt like it kind of happened uh like when i watched it there i i don't i genuinely don't think i laughed a single time it didn't really make me angry in any way like some of his films do and uh that was mostly it for me i thought the character was just very strange and and not that funny but i i am like i said a, a i have a problematic relationship with adam sandler comedies i love him in dramatic works uh, i think he's a really good actor uh but these films just oftentimes for me feel just kind of like quickly made phoned in 
films that are just excuses to hang out with his buddies. And, you know, like, <laughs> which honestly, uh, like get excuse. Which, well, good, you know, and my point is good for him. I, I don't wish him anything, you know, anything bad, good, make that money, yeah, yeah. but he's just, he's just not for me. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. Um, I'll throw out this. Uh, this actually, I, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. I, I the voice sure. did really bother me, uh, specifically for this movie because it it's just one of those perplexing things that like Adam Sandler, like, what are you going? Because normally, like, yeah. he does those voices like jokingly as a character, like in Happy Gilmore. He'll do a voice when he's talking to a golf ball, and it's like, oh, well, that. And in one of the things that I was I was talking to someone about, um, it's part of the problem with Adam Sandler is is he films probably like his day to day joke routines with people, so it's not yeah. the best jokes. It's it's all of the jokes, and I'm sure if you filmed <laughs> me for an entire day and then took all of the jokes that I say, which I do goofy voices occasionally for jokes. I'm sure any reasonable human being was like, oh, yeah, only like 10% of that was funny. <laughs> um, so yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like this guy is funny like when he wants to. I really liked uh, Rashida Jones or not – sorry, not Rashida Jones, Maya, Maya Rudolph in this film. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. she was used well. Um, and I didn't – I, I kind of liked Steve Buscemi and Rob Schneider. I thought Ray Liotta was – weird just to have in general yes. and the whole the whole plot i'm not gonna lie so there's a whole todd do you think anybody cares about spoilers for this i won't never mind no. i won't spoil this but there's a whole plot line that is about hubie being afraid and being bullied and yes. all of that you could can and i think there is a movie here where people are just trying to scare him and it's a day in the life of halloween or whatever but the whole crux of that doesn't really work. And I'd say another Adam Sandler trope that's like really weird is the girl like being madly in love with Adam Sandler. And like, don't get me wrong, Adam Sandler seems like a very nice and kind man uh, and funny yes. as well. But like, you don't have to oversell me like head over heels. Like I love <laughs> who Adam Sandler, almost like Tom Cruise-esque. Um, way he does it in, in movies and I like he has a super the, sorry. As a what? I said he has like a super hot wife in like every one of his shitty movies. Yeah, like in yes. every one. He, he's married Jennifer Aniston like twice in his movies. Um, <laughs> but I liked some small yeah. cameos even. I liked the Shaq cameo as stupid as it was because it's Shaq and that's such a <laughs> juxtaposition. <laughs> Um, Todd, did you like the Ben Stiller cameo? I thought it was fine. I like, um, it didn't particularly, to be honest, do a lot for me, but I thought it was fine. The Shaq one was probably the funniest for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately like what bothers me about these uh, is not because if they were bad movies, like I'm sure ridiculous six or I think that's what it's called. I'm sure ridiculous six is terrible. And I'm sure grownups two is terrible. And I'm sure pixels are terrible. But Like you see, well with grownups, not really, but even, even grownups, I was watching the other day and grownups is a bad movie, but there's like moments where they're like talking mm -hmm. in canoes to each other. And it's, it's Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Adam Sandler. And they're talking about stuff that happened in their childhood and whether or not it, it actually happened to these characters 
or if they made it up for the purpose of the story, there was actually like some slight amount of dramatic weight. And then Kevin, Kevin James stands up because he's like, hey, I got to I got to get my gallbladder stone out. And it's like, OK, well, you botched any chance of yeah. doing anything with that. Um, so I, I just wish someone would come in like a young direct, a young director or writer come into this crew and just be like, Hey guys, these movies are bad. Let me make one movie with y'all and see how it turns out. Cause I, Todd, I don't know if you saw, um, I'm trying to find, I don't know if you saw the week of, I thought the week of was a really good use of Sandler and Chris rock. It wasn't, I didn't, I didn't see that one. I've heard about it. Yeah. It's not great, but it has enough, I think the thing that works for the week of for me is it has enough familial jokes. And I think that's something mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, like he leans too much on these stupid jokes and, and it, it, to, to go to his comedy special, his comedy specials, one of the best things I've seen from Sandler recently. And mm-hmm. I've he, heard he that. Does have, yeah. He does have jokes that do kind of miss, but when he's talking about stuff that happened in his life and in stuff that happened on SNL, Chris Farley stories, like all these things, <laughs> He has he has an entire library of life, and then he makes Hubie Halloween without any of it attached to it. And I just I know he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think that's what frustrates people is he he's unfortunately just got too good of a life to care about making like really good stuff above living a good life. He just gets paid tons of money to make movies with his friends and nobody cares if they're good. We just keep watching them. So (laughs) that's the problem. Yeah. Still still like top 10 on Netflix. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Two weeks in. I know. Uh, Yeah. I just wish, honestly, like if, cause Todd, did you see a King of Staten Island? Yeah, I did. If there were a King of Staten Island type story, because there was still King of Staten yeah. Island mostly comedic, but if there were those moments that like do like ground the film a little bit, I think it would make something Sandler did way better. I agree. But, yeah, we'll move on to a Kajillionaire, and we can let Todd and and Spy and Margot talk. Um, I I will just say about Hubie Halloween though is when I first heard about it, I was both terrified and extremely excited. Because I thought <laughs> that this was the movie Adam Sandler promised to make if he didn't make get an Oscar nomination <laughs> for Uncut Gems. And I was yeah. so disappointed to find out that this was filmed last summer. So yep, yep. I I await Adam Sandler's uh, terrible Oscar revenge flick. I think it's going to be Grown Ups 3. I'm, oh, I'm God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm this sounds awful, awful and I'm here grown-up. for it. <laughs> That sounds awful, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get to Kajillionaire. I think Margot's about to join here in a second. Um, and Kajillionaire, actually, I think the only reason I haven't seen this is it's not on like any streaming services, right? It just came out. DOD. It came out in theaters. Yeah, it came out yeah. in theaters. There was one theater by me that was playing it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I thought... There's a lot of movies, me and Todd talked about this before, well, all of us talked about it, where like a lot of these movies are like coming out on VOD. A lot of them are like mediocre or average, and I didn't really want to like go into something like that. Uh, Kajillionaire is getting pretty good reviews. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure Todd, Margot, and, and Spy can talk about that. But 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I, I might actually step off for that because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get any of the Dylan spoilers. Even oh, if, wait, hey, can we also? <laughs> not you love and but Margot, I'll actually let you go first with, uh, of course, uh, the Margot score, uh, the seal mm-hmm. of approval. Um, what did you think, Margot? Well, it was a movie good. <laughs> All right, uh, Todd. Uh, what were <laughs> what were your thoughts on Kajillioner? Um, you do you attest to this movie good um, type type level of quality? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I really liked this film a lot. It surprised me. I watched it uh, like the morning it came out on VOD, and uh, I wasn't know I didn't really know what to expect. But it's so weird and beautiful and uh, engaging for me at least the whole time. I found the the family to be so bizarre. It was really interesting to watch them the whole time. I loved uh, where it went at the end without going too far into that. And uh, yeah, I was a big fan of it. Nice, awesome. Uh, Spy, what did you think of Kajillionaire? I'm a, I'm a, I liked it, but I'm a little bit more lukewarm on it. Um, I, I, I definitely thought that it was pretty good, but I also at times found it kind of like confusing and i kept being like oh are they gonna do like this because that'll be interesting and then they like didn't do it and what they did do was like way less interesting to me and i was Mm kind of like oh that's kind of unfortunate because you had a real opportunity to do something else and then it's like so um yeah i i like the characters i i like the gayness I like all yes. of that. Yes. I the like the, um, oh, listen, anything gay I'm here for, but, um, of course. It, it just kind of felt a little lackluster to me in some ways. Um, so like, um, I was very confused as to why like old Dolio and Melanie didn't like really start scheming more against the parents. I thought that that was going to be like a subplot where the two of them kind of start to think about ways on how they can like, um, expose the parents in a way and then it would be like in conflict when they later seemingly like come around and act like you know they're they're all here for it and they're gonna be nice and good and do better now and then they just kind of piddle around for half an hour and it's like good character stuff but i i just kept kind of being like hey there's like this other plot that was happening i i kind of want to see you guys do that a little bit but like i say i i would still recommend it because i still think that it's got enough in there that um, it's worth the watch. I was just a little bit like, eh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Not the best thing ever, though. Yeah, gotcha. T- Todd, just curious because you sounded a little uh, higher on it uh, as we talked mm-hmm. about what what like worked really well for you because I, I saw Prime Drama. Is this is this a a little heisty? Is is what I'm hearing or? <laughs> there's <laughs> there's elements of that, um, but. I actually really liked, I just have a difference of opinion, I guess, from a spy on this particular like issue and that the part I think we are talking about, I do like the subplot idea that you discussed, like it sounds like it would be good, but to me seeing them just kind of putter around and meander around together and seeing the daughter really trying to like reconcile how she felt about her family and like all the control that they exerted over i just found it really interesting so like some of that character development stuff were uh actually the parts that i i ended up really enjoying but i you know i understand it yeah i think i liked it i liked old dolio more than i liked melanie like melanie's character yep. kind of, i kind of felt like she was 
she had something else she could have been doing besides just kind of hanging out with old Dolio. So for her defense, in Melanie's defense, if you saw old Dolio, would you not give up everything to help her? No, that's like, a, if she had nothing better to do, why not, you know? But I, but I think that's kind of part of my point, is that I think the one way you could help old Dolio is by getting her parents out of the picture, but then she kind of doesn't do anything, and they did, like, really bad stuff Yeah, but, like, old Dolio has, like, like it's kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing, where, like, she oh, yeah, like her parents fucking suck, but, like, she's still, like, trying really hard to think that they love her and care for her, so she's gotta oh, yeah. Melanie's gotta, like, work through that before she can, like, get him out of the picture. Yeah, I, it's I like, just... Uh, sorry, go ahead. The family's so messed up, like, it, it was, like, a level below dog tooth, almost, like, in terms of, like, how strangely controlling they were of the daughter and, like, all the norms that you see that they, like, how the way that they split stuff up was so, like, you know what I mean, like, interesting to me and, like... Oh, yeah, that it, stuff was interesting. Yeah, that I, I just yeah, I found those dynamics to be really cool. But yeah, and I just thought it was shot really well too. I, I, I liked it a lot. Yes. The score was so good. Oh, the I music love the was score. Really good, yes. Yeah, and like they did the the guy who did the score did the same score for Mina- for Minari, which is like also a really good score. So nice. props Marco, to this guy. You went to a film festival. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous you weren't there when I streamed. I it. am jealous. <laughs> I wasn't watching you were in the server. <laughs> I wasn't watching movies again yet. That sounds like a new problem. I know. Oh, man. When we get to review Minaria, I think it's actually playing in a theater really soon. Um, oh, really? I think close by because we have like a, like a, what's it called? Uh, independent theater because it's been playing. Uh, <laughs> funny enough. I didn't know uh, it was like released anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if we're actually going to get it. I just feel like we'll get it within like the next two weeks. I uh, hope you enough, do. We're actually so playing uh, Rebecca right now in the theater, and I was like, "Guys, come on! <laughs> you're you're a fit like you're a you claim to be a prestigious like independent <laughs> film theater, and they're like, well, got to play the got to get the Netflix movie with L- Lily James and Armin Hammer." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they've been playing Kajillionaire, and I just thought for whatever reason I was like, oh, this, okay, so this movie's like one of those average PVOD things, and I don't need to watch it. But um, I'll I'll definitely check it out. Um, and I don't. Oh yeah, I, I would still like. I mean, despite yeah. my personal lukewarmness on it, I would still recommend it. Like, I think that this is something that's just not quite to my personal taste, but I still think it's done well for what it is. Sure, um, it's, it's kind of like time. that for me. Oh yeah. I just wish it pushed a little bit more in certain um, particular ways. Is kind of how I and feel. And that's about fair. It. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, and I know that's like a super vague statement to make, but that's just kind of <laughs> how I'm gonna leave it. I'll uh, to to segue. I have no segue, but I'll unleash uh, Lindsay and her Dylan O'Brien love to talk about uh, love and monsters. Uh, and I'm actually gonna gonna mute myself and and uh just at me whenever y'all are done um because this could be this could be 10 minutes this could be uh 12 hours but sure we'll see where love. it goes with Lindsay and her dylan o'brien love oh also todd seen it too correct yep mm-hmm. cool. have fun reviewing what do you think Lindsay? 
<laughs> yeah, Todd is doing it. So it's not just me. Well, I've never felt so vindicated because it got good reviews. Other people like this movie. It's finally not just me enjoying a Dylan O'Brien movie. I just am so happy for him that he's finally in a good movie. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it just felt so nice in a way that was comforting. Like, I don't know. It was just, yeah. it was such a great vibe where it's like, there's this apocalypse, but like, you know, we're just gonna, we're gonna work through it and it's gonna be okay. And I was like, I love this attitude. <laughs> um, I thought all the monsters were fun. And I love that, like, he meets people on the way and that they just, like, kind of don't come up later. Like, it's just part of their journey, part of his journey, I mean. I thought that was really cool. Like, there was, like, different phases of this movie with people who helped him. Yes. I thought Boy was super cute. Um, and It sounds like you're crying again. Mavis, where he, like, she, like, shows him his parents and then he cries to her well, i will also I thought that was like yeah. so i'll also endorse this movie because i i really sad. enjoyed it i thought i it uh I, I it didn't yeah. you know really stand out to me ahead again. of time i didn't know much about it but it i agree I'm with you that in this it. like depressing times it felt really like hopeful and it's uh just a really wholesome film and good you know like nice things happen and uh you know scary things happen too it's like a fun little adventure uh i think i would have loved i mean i loved it as an adult i think i really would have loved this at like age 10 11 12 you know even like um yeah yeah it was just a really fun film i i thoroughly enjoyed it i agree that the monsters looked pretty good and dylan o'brien he was good he was great in it so oh, for sure. i know good for him I think Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dylan sorry. I was just Next gonna say I think Dylan O'Brien is a pretty talented guy they got the short stick from Hollywood scared. big time okay. early in his career <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> he's but especially in. I'm sorry what's up he got kind of typecasted in like those really mediocre meh like type movies and then yeah. he never kind of broke I mean, out of that. I don't think he's made like awful movies, but he, I think just because he's made from the MTV show. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I also feel like his career kind of halted for a little bit after his accident on the Maze Runner when he broke his face. So I feel like that kind of halted his career for a while. And then American Assassin didn't do him any favors. Good. Um, but yeah, I really hope that this one, and he's got another movie coming out that looks really good, but I hope that that's like a good trajectory for him to be on. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the scene where, um, like boy runs and hides under that duck thing and the monster's like underwater. I might have stood up during that scene. It was intense. It wasn't scary, but it was very intense. My friend was screaming at that scene. She thought it was so That's what I like about the movies. It was an adventure film and it has a little bit of everything and it does all of the little things like pretty well for the most part. It was, yeah, it's good. I definitely recommend it.
Uh, yeah. I can deafen real quick. I also really like where they went with the <laughs> love story. Because I, I, I was expecting it to be... Are we allowed to do spoilers? I don't know what we're allowed to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But I really like that... Because when he was on his way to go find her and then like be in love or whatever, I was like... Okay, I mean, they haven't seen each other in seven yes, years, yes, and most great. of humanity died. So I was like, if they get together, that's gonna be like a little cheesy for me. But I really liked that he got there, and she was just like, I didn't ask you yep. to do this, and I have a life already. And I was like, oh, thank God, and that he right. he didn't like feel like betrayed by her for doing that either, which was like so nice because I feel like. Like in many movies, it would have just been like he was, oh, look a, what he I was did a good guy, and, and like, like a lot of movies, ha- so many movies have like, like oh, these right. flawed characters, and it was like nice to be like, oh, like, he's he's got I flaws, really, really but he's like overcoming them, and he's overall <laughs> a pretty good guy. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. Yeah, his flaws are just like, he's like too scared. And I'm like, that's valid, yeah. I think. <laughs> Plus Dylan. Yeah. Oh, it's, I love this movie. I mean, it was basically a road movie, and those are my favorite. Oh, I know. Movies. I was, yes. Plus Dylan. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and the big crab at the end. That was sweet, too, where it's like, not every monster is bad. <laughs> I typed okay. come back in so they can come back in. Okay. I think that is it. We are more love than monsters here at all that film. <laughs> Hello. Okay, cool. I'm back. <laughs> Hello. Oh. So my nephew, he's two right now. Oh. Next, next children, week. children are so the other day. Children are like, <laughs> And I was like, "What is wrong?" And he was like, "It's not my birthday." <laughs> like, no, not yet. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it was the conversation I've ever had. Because he said that, and I was like, "It'll be really soon." And then he was like, Mama and Daddy won't even let me. And I was like, they won't let you go. And he was like, I don't a know. Legend. And I was like, oh, okay. What a legend. Like, Two-year-olds or something, that's and for sure. And he was sure. like, I want to hang yeah. up. And then he just hung up. I, um, yeah. I have one more. We can do – actually, we might wait to do the double all the time just because I haven't seen apparently <laughs> – the crux of the movie, uh, the Tom Hollands and the Robert oh, Pattinsons, buddy. you know, the Spoodermans and the Batmans. Yeah. Thing. Um, yes, yes, actors in other movies, yes. Yes, yes, that very nice. Um, but yeah. I, I saw this little Netflix animated movie uh, called Over the Moon. Uh, it's a, I believe it's a co-production <laughs> between China and the United States. And I've actually been really, um, I've been really interested because China hasn't really invested themselves in the animated market too much. Uh, and they've been doing that as of recently, uh, which has been interesting to see. I know Lindsay saw Nasia um, last year. Margo, have yep. you seen Over the Moon? No, I've, I saw it came out yesterday and I wanted to watch it, but instead okay. me and my classmates watched two movies my teacher worked on that were god-awful. 
so I was a little preoccupied. I was just wondering because uh, if you if you need someone to review a hundred percent wolf or henchman, because those oh, came out no. this year. <laughs> it's it's one hundred percent wolf is like so bad it's good kind of thing. Henchman is just awful. It's so bad. Oh, I sorry, uh, I thought you were saying one movie watch title. Watch listing one hundred. No, those are two wolf different right movies. Now. Like one hundred percent wolf and henchman, the movie. I was like, nah. what? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was just wondering because Over the Moon has been playing at a couple film festivals. Um, it was pretty good. I I describe it as the uh, better version of uh, Abominable that came out last year. I forget when it came out. It might have been two years ago. Um, and that was fine. It wasn't like it was a it was a nice. I didn't see the memes. I'm sorry. Or not? No, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> The memes were so much better the, than the movie. The other abominable snowman. You didn't movie. see Zendaya in I, I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> I think you're talking about Smallfoot Lindsay, and I hate, I hate that I'm correcting you about, <laughs> on a podcast. There were so many. Because there shouldn't be five <laughs> abominable snowman movies. Um, oh, okay. So this is very similar to Abominable. Um, I think that. <laughs> um, there's the moments where uh, it needs heart. Uh, they are definitely present. Uh, and uh, one thing that's really interesting uh, is with Nasia, Nasia had very bad animation in parts. Like I'm talking below illumination level uh, animation. And it, I'm going to be honest, it kind of looks like me and Lindsay talked about this kind of look like crazy frog uh, animation. And or just wait till you see 100% wolf. The masterpiece. <laughs> uh, Margo, I'll, I'll be uh, uh, requesting a link later. Um, but of course. Uh, um, but yeah, no, Nasia was weird because there were moments where like it had the most beautiful animation and it was completely different, and then it would switch back to what seemed like a crazy frog <laughs> sketch. And <laughs> I'm going to and, send my favorite piece of animation from 100 percent Wolf uh, yes. also in oh the my chat. God. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, Lindsay. Actually, uh Nasia kind of looks like a uh, Anne Hathaway in Witches. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, um Yeah, yeah. Where it had the moments where Nasia would go into like is Super Saiyan mode or whatever, oh God, and right. it would look incredible. Okay, and I'm like, then, wait, because there's a similar thing. Like I think it's uh, Monkey King with Jackie Chan. It's an animated movie um, where I saw like a still image of it, and I was like, this yeah. is some of the most breathtaking animation I've ever seen. And then I I saw other stills from the movie, and I was like, that looks like Dougal from ten years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the case here i think the the lower ends of the animation are much higher than those other two i'm mentioning uh and the high tier of the animation the colors are brilliant it honestly kind of reminds me of uh this uh hasada film i'm trying to think of oh uh summer wars in that i think i think they traced with red uh for like their borders and everything and it looks very similar to a lot of the scenes on the internet in summer wars uh sorry lindsay is is spreading uh the witch's propaganda in in our chats um but yeah over so, the moon. So, <laughs> what's up <laughs> is is it the actual like animation itself or is it like the visual and the lighting that 
is making yeah. it look so. <laughs> or the animation. Okay. Um, I need to know. Is it like the yes? Is it just the style, or is it actual like the movement is also I really weird? I think it's the style that's wrong with it because they're still trying to figure out okay. CGI animation, and they're very much like, whereas like anime in Japan is some of them are embracing CGI, and even some that like have CGI pieces in it, it looks weird. Like Attack on Titan had a big action set piece with the CGI thing in it. Is all I'll say. And uh, it looks bizarre. And even like I was rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender, and all the Fire Nation like vehicles are all CGI. And like I was just like, but why? Like the whole rest of the show. And I'm sure it was to save money or whatever. But no, it's probably um, easier. Do you want to animate a car? It is. Do you want to <laughs> no, yeah. animate a car? I don't want to animate, animate a car. See, there's a way to there's a way to incorporate 2D and 3D well, and there's a way to not do it as well. Um, it definitely saves time if you just plop the model in there and try to visually um, match like the textures to yeah, the yeah. rest of the show. But then you can also do kind of like what they did in the Iron Giant, where uh, my cat's going to go the plastic bag. Sorry about that. But um, you can also kind of do what they did in the Iron Giant, where they make the 3D model and then they um, integrate it seamlessly by drawing on top of it, essentially. Um, didn't they do something with, uh, and I forget which way, I'm sure both of you know, but didn't they do something with uh, Klaus like that? Where it was like integrating? Uh, yeah, Klaus yeah, is, a, yeah, is an integration of 2D and 3D. They were pretty revolutionary in doing that. Yeah, kind of they stuff, did like but, 3D um, techniques for 2D animation. Yeah. It's crazy. I think this, the one thing I will say with like China for animation is like they are fully going into like CGI 3D stuff, and I will say like I will I will take a, a bunch of studios trying to do this than just being like oh we have Disney and Illumination and that's all 3D uh, CGI animation is gonna look like from here on out. Uh, so I do like appreciate because it does look different, um, and I think like ten years down the line they're gonna the animation is going to be only breathtaking, not like. Oh well, half of it's great, and then the other half is—it's eh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it I got with Over the Moon. So I, I think that'll do it uh, for the episode. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Margot. Uh, thank you, uh, Queen of the Witches, and uh, thank you, Spy, uh, for all coming and reviewing stuff. Yeah, fun time. No problem. I didn't realize there was 3D Ghibli coming, but anyway, see y'all. <laughs>